one song and we'll take off. Me, I know go suffer. Okay? If I sing it, you respond. Me, I know go suffer. That is the fallacy we want to correct today. Amen. Amen. Grant us an understanding of your word, dear Lord. Give us the grace to know your mind. Teach us to follow after your word and your life. Lord, that we will not follow the crafty devices that are in the world. But search to know your mind and do your will. Even as we have lived and left us examples, may we live in the same manner and bring souls to your name and to the kingdom. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We will come to that song later. The topic we are looking at is travel of the righteous. Travel of the righteous. I will try to make this thing appear as a teaching and not as a sermon as, or preaching as it were. But when the topic travel of the righteous, I was considering it and um, I didn't consult my sister, uh, Dr. Ijama Odechukum, who is an authority in English language. But I know that the article D is definite. It is not the travail of a righteous. It is the travail of the righteous. Meaning that there is the righteous. Amen. And that righteous is none other than Jesus Christ. That is the righteous. He is God. He is the one the passage refers to. But in the course of discussion, we will try to link it to ourselves and see how it affects us. Amen. The passage we read is one that is very touching. That passage speaks of the maker of the world. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 3. John chapter 1 verse 3. Um, I was thinking that the ICT would be helping me. Now in that John chapter 1 verse 3. It says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Amen. Now that means Jesus was the one through him the world was created. And without him nothing was created. Whether it be in this universe or in the entire galaxy. But then. Why would that one that created suffer? Why would the creator of the world suffer for man that he created? 
And um, that is the cross of the matter. So, we see that when God created man, God gave man dominion. He says to man in Genesis 1, 28, he gave him dominion over everything he created. If you follow me carefully, you will see where I'm going. First is, why would the creator suffer? Genesis 1, 28, and then that dominion that God gave man, man decided to relinquish that dominion. Man gave up that dominion to who? Satan. Man did not know he was given the dominion. What happened was that man sinned. When God created man, the purpose of the creation of man was for God and man to have fellowship. And man and God were having that fellowship up until when man sinned. When man sinned, the enemy came, Satan came. What did he do? He took that dominion. He took the power from man. And man didn't know. Man was like Samson. He felt the power was still there. Lo and behold, the enemy had taken it. And even though God gave man dominion, God did not leave himself bare. God was with, with power. Amen? If we look at First um, Chronicles 29, verse 11, the Bible says there that all power, all, yes, thank you. You are doing what I think, even though I cannot read it because of my sight, but I'm sure that others are reading it. Amen. Now, so what it means was that what man had was a copy. God had a master tape, the real power. And so what the enemy took from man was that copy man had. And so Satan became the prince of the world. In Matthew 4, 8 and 9, he said to Jesus, All these things in the world I will give to you. If what happens? If you bow down. Listen, whenever one has power, one wants to be worshipped. If you bow down, and I will give them to you. It is not just that Satan said. Even Jesus himself. He acknowledged the fact that Satan is the ruler of this world. Let's look at John 14, 13. Be patient, we'll get to where we are going. John 14, 13. Jesus called him the ruler of this world. Amen. Now if Satan is the ruler of this world, you can now understand why we are passing through what we are passing through. Remember, God created the world. God gave man dominion. Man left dominion. Satan took dominion. And then, in living dominion, man sinned. When man sinned, 
Jesus, the creator, was there. And what really happened was that God is faithful. Uh, Canon Honor prayed, it says that um, God watches over his word to perform it. He cannot change. His word is that the soul that sins shall do what? The soul that sins shall die. His word is that the wages of sin is what? Death. Satan knows this. Satan knows that if you sin, you will die. And Satan knows that because you sin, you have a wage to be paid you. And that is death. It is also the word of God that without the remission of blood, there should be what? No, without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission of uh, sin. These are immutable words of God. Satan knows this. Man oftentimes forgets. And so, when I sinned, I think I should be personal now, when I sinned, this Satan took hold of me. I became a captive in the hand of Satan. When you sinned, you became a captive and a lawful one for that matter. In other words, he's holding you. It's not without authority. He's telling God, the one you are having fellowship with has sinned. And your eyes are pure to behold iniquity. So the moment that sin came, there was a chasm between God and man. We voluntarily moved into the camp of Satan. It pained God that man he created has turned his back. And remember that the gift of God is without repentance. Of course, we would have said if God gave man dominion and God has the master copy, man has only um, a photocopy, why wouldn't God make an order? Wipe off everything? No, we would have become robots. So, God wants us in our own volition to come back to him. But somebody is holding me. And I am a lawful captive. And what happened? God said, I want to redeem him. Satan said, no you cannot. You watch over your word to perform it. Your word is that this one is my captive. I have authority. And it is your word also that without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission of sin. So blood must be shed for this one to be delivered. Are we following? There must be shedding of blood. And which blood will be shed? If it is mine, I will go to hell. Because I am already a captive. It requires a free blood that will be shed so that I will be delivered from my captor. The creator of the world had no choice than to come in person. You don't understand. 
You don't. My maker saw that I am in chain. He decided to come in person. He came looking for me. The enemy said, I have authority over him. If he will be delivered, blood will be shed. He said, I will shed my blood. That is what we read in Isaiah 53. Does it not touch you that your maker came looking for you and we are not there? He was subjected to touch. Let's look at where we read. Verse 3. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Imagine, familiar with pain. Somebody says, this man is familiar with suffering. The maker of the world was familiar with pain and suffering. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. The Bible says in John 10, he came to his own. But what happened? His own rejected him. We rejected him and subjected him to suffering. And you are here. You come. Somebody tells you, me, I no go suffer. You tell him, I no go bear for bread. Are you not telling yourself lies? Is it the same Christianity that was handed over to us? That you will not suffer. When he, the maker of the world, came, he suffered, he bled, he died, he shed his blood. Let's look at the same place. Verse 4. Surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. In other words, he didn't sin. He was crushed for my iniquities. And the punishment that brought me peace was on him. And by his wounds I am healed. Leave 6, 7. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his sharers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Eight. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet, who of his generation protected, protested? I didn't talk. Even when my maker was being punished on account of my sin, I said it was God that did that to him. It wasn't me. Is it not hypocrisy? Is it not heart-heartedness? That my maker has to suffer the way he did just to save me. Amen. Amen. God says, 
I will come. From when man fell, God continued to search for man. Now, you will get a vivid picture of God searching for man in the parable of the prodigal son. The Bible says that when that boy came back from the far country he traveled to, and by the way, any time you sin, if you like being in the church, you would have traveled to a far country. Am I communicating? If you like be sleeping in the church, any time you sin, one is that sin will strip you naked. You will be without protection. You will be on your own. You are in a far country. And that's what happened. But when that boy came back, Go and look at that uh, portion of the scripture again. The Bible says, whilst he was still far off, what happened? His father saw him and did what? And ran to him. Now, that tells you the love of God. Meaning that all the time that boy was away, the father had been on the lookout. Every time he was looking out, he wants that son to come back. And that was why, why the son was still far away. He saw him, he ran to him. The love of God. The love that brought him down. The love that made him die and suffered for me. Amen. So if Jesus came, he sought me. And um, he redeemed me. And I became the righteousness of God, as we see in Second Corinthians 5.21. I became the righteousness of God, on account, not on account of my works, but by putting on my faith in the finished work. And where we read says, let me look at verse 10 of where we read. No, verse 11. He was, he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. By his knowledge. If you are here, you do not know him, you are wasting time. It is by knowing him that you are saved. Jesus himself said in John 17, 3. Can you project it? John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life. That they may know you, the, holy, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Amen. That is eternal life. If you do not know him, you don't have eternal life. Paul understood that. And he said in Philippians 3, 10, I think, that I may do what? Know him. And what? And what? Listen, the, our problem is picking the scripture in piece and pieces. The, what everybody knows is that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And we stop there. But that is not the sin. That you, I will also share what? In his suffering. 
can it be projected so that when we read next time, we if you don't want to quote, don't quote. Okay? Yes. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his word. Yet you sank me, I know go suffer. So are you not deceiving yourselves? And the fellowship of suffering, becoming like him in his death. Looking unto him. There's this song we will sing. And then, uh, I, I did it, please. Help me. Abu 39. We will sing just stanza 1 and the refrain. And we we'll stop. If you know it, you will, help, you will join. Some, sorry. No, 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 no. Abu 39 is. Ndo de nile ni hilonya poboranya. I thought I had agreement with you guys there. Amen. Can you play it now? No, no, no. Do di ni hi le onya poboru anya. Do di rigi nambe dubwa. Le yanya onye njoko wezo. Put again, Yabu Onye Buru no Sisi of my faith. Looking unto him. Now, if Jesus died, if Jesus died, if he suffered, and then I am to look unto him, and I will be like him. Listen to what the chaplain read last Sunday. Our Holy Order of Holy Communion page 33 and it says father of all we give you thanks and praise that when we are still far off you met us in your son and brought us home dying and living he declared their love gave us grace and opened the gate of glory may we who shape Christ's body live his risen life amen We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom spirit lights give light to the world. Amen. What does it mean? The Bible says that Christ suffered. First Peter 2.21 Christ suffered. And he left me an example. Amen. Christ suffered. I, the agreement I have with ITT IT didn't work. So you pardon me. I had thought that when I called this in, they would project it. 
Amen. So if Christ suffered and left me an example, what does it mean? No, what does it mean? That I will suffer. So why would somebody deceive you with a simple song and you are singing and rejoicing? I'm not saying that everybody must suffer the same kind of faith. No. But for somebody to tell you, that's why sometimes you begin to ask, why will I suffer? Listen, you think there is no suffering and chaplain was led by God and he said, be strong and never be discouraged. <laughs> Listen. Listen. If you see somebody and he says, I took my exam, uh, but the result wasn't so good. Prof, what will you tell the person? Be strong. No. He will tell the person, we are Christians, we say, he say, it is well. Is it not so? Is that what we say? Tell the person. But assuming you say somebody says, assuming Prof, who is a lecturer, a professor at Eastwood, comes and says, Men and brethren, I want to announce to you that it has pleased the Lord to make me the vice chancellor of Eastwood. Are you going to say it is well? You won't say so. So this it is well means, that is why the chaplain was led by God to say, Be strong. Reason. The things that will discourage you abound. Several things. Remember, Jesus died, Jesus suffered and left you what? Example. We are not Jesus for crying out loud. So you are main man. Therefore, when you face what he faced, you may not be able to st stand as he stood. That's why we are asked to do what? Be strong. The things that will bring discouragement will be there. But don't be discouraged. Why wouldn't I be discouraged? Because there will be reward for my work. Why are you here? Do you know him? Have you tested him? I'm talking about suffering and travail and tribulation. Brethren, they are an integral part of what we have come to believe. And make no mistake about it. To be a Christian is not by force. It's a matter of election. It's a matter of choice. You chose to be a... Sorry, I'm not saying to be a church, to be in the church. To be in, you may be forced to come to church. In fact, most people here are even forced to come to church. Okay? But to be a Christian, you elected to be a Christian. You elected to renounce your sins. You elected to be where Christ is. So the moment you are there, you have also told the enemy, I've elected for you to shoot your arrows at me. That's what it means. And what we are saying is not new. When Jesus called Paul in Acts of Apostles chapter 9, verse 16, what did he say? He told, and I was telling him, 
Master, I don't understand though. Check your off, ma. Only sim jemetuaka or ni moro nyobu. For I have shown him what? How much he will suffer. Paul Kabal. So calling him was to he has told him how much he will suffer. And Paul suffered though. And that's why in the same as after the apostles, somewhere in 14 verse 12, he says that through many tribulations we will enter the kingdom of God. Amen. And in 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, he said, All who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus, we do what? We suffer persecution. So you see, we need to know what we have believed. We need to know why we are here. Then the question is, <laughs> before I say the question, there was this boy, a final year law student. He came to office and um, he needed to stay to learn a few things. And um, one day I engaged him. So when I was talking with him, he said, that is a free thinker. Um, because some of the things in the Bible don't really add up. Amen. But there are certain things God do that don't really add up. They don't add up. But, it doesn't add up. Remember, the, the person who has the power, the authority is there. And only came in the that the thing the maker is doing, they don't add up. Now, I will tell you some that don't add up. One is that your maker will die for you. Does he add up? He doesn't. And why is it that God will not simply tell the world, please, kill Satan? Clear of sin. Everybody will live right for God. You know what we have become? We have all become robots. Hmm? So you won't be thinking again. But God wants you to choose to serve him. Obedience is in choosing. By the way, the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience by what? Through what he suffered. And you his follower says, I will not. But the chaplain says, we will. Because that is the scripture. But in passing through that, we need to be strong. And we should not be discouraged. I'm not a prophet of doom. But we need to be strong. Amen. Now, why would God allow us to pass through these things? First is that this world is not our home. Two of us. Jesus says that the prince of this world comes. But he has what? Nothing in me. Now, if you are of this world, you will be a citizen, true or false. 
The problem with Christians is that they are pilgrims here and they want citizenship here. It's not possible. It's not possible. Those who are here are prince and princess. Those who are here, they are citizens. They are enjoying what the Bible calls passing pleasures of sin. In Hebrew, in Hebrew um, 11, 24 through 26, we read the account of Moses. The Bible says that Moses, when he grew up, did not um, take part in passing pleasures of sin. Rather, he chose to suffer with the people of God. This morning, yes, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Yes, go on. He chose to be mistreated. Listen, election, he chose. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his um, reward. And the topic says, there will be reward for your work. Did Moses get a reward? He did. Will you get a reward? You will. Amen. Let us know this. The reason we are here is because God is building us to be a spiritual house. God is building us to be a people that he will harvest, that will not have spots, that will not have what? Rainbow. God has called you. We've said that the world is not at home. And if it's not at home, Jesus himself said, John 16, I wish you would do this on first. I'm ending now. John 16. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world that is not your own, you will have what? Trouble. Who said this? The master himself. Remember, he is not man that he will lie, nor son of man that he will repent. Has he said a word without fulfilling it? And in Jeremiah 1 12, he says, I watch over my word to perform it. And he says, You will have trouble. If the master of the universe, the creator of the universe, the one who knows every dot, wherever they are, says, in this world, you have trouble. And you said, me I know go suffer. You are a compound and 
a monumental liar. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That is the promise. Amen. Jesus has called you. Listen, as for trials coming, they will come. The form, the shape, when and how and where, you don't know. And what came to A may not come to B. They will come. But did he leave us empty? No, he did not. Let us look at Isaiah. We are ending now. Isaiah 41 verse 10. So do not fear. Listen. Who is saying this? God. Why would God tell not to fear? Assuming if, if you are sleeping, eh? If you are just sleeping, you woke up. And someone says, Do not fear. But for God to say, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, meaning your strength is failing you, and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It means there is a problem. But God has assured you. Because he assured you, he surely will keep his word. In this word, you will have trials and temptation. Be of good cheers. He has overcome the world. You will overcome the world. Again, will play a song that tells us about going to heaven. Some others have experienced it. Um, yes. For the first time, ICT has woken. No, no, no. Take this one. It's on an easy road. You follow and sing and know whether it is rhyming with your thought before now. It's not an easy road We are traveling to heaven For many other thoughts on the way Savior is with us, His presence is of joy every day. No, no, it's not an easy road. No, He has promised, I 
And because we know he is faithful, we are going by this theme. Be strong. But you see, you are not even part of it. Why? You have not even given Jesus your life. So you are not even among those traveling. You have secured the citizenship of this world. Can you today tell God, I want to join those traveling. There will be rough edges. There will be crooked ways. There will be things that will not be palatable. But I will walk. Because I know you said I should be strong. I should not be discouraged. And because I know you are faithful, you will not fail me. Can you make this election now? Decide to yield unto him. Let us pray. Ask God to give you the grace to understand him, to follow him, and walk as he wants you to walk. And so, Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your word. The reason you brought this word our way is that we may be without excuse. You have said that we should not allow ourselves to be tossed up and down by every wind of doctrine. You've asked us to study so that we show ourselves faithful workmen that you not be afraid of the work who will be rightly dividing the word of truth God in heaven you have shown us this morning what it means to suffer you experienced it firsthand. it was prophesied of you and you experienced it Father in heaven give us the grace to know that we cannot be higher than our teacher we can only live as you lived and be as you are. Give us the grace to know that when suffering comes, we need to travel. When troubles come, when tribulations come, we need to persevere. We need to be there. When we triumph, the reward will be ours. Thank you for this grace. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed.